Welcome to the Midlife Male Podcast, a podcast designed to help men maximize middle age and live healthier, wealthier, stronger, and happier. I am Greg Scheinman, and I'm inviting you to join the thousands of men who listen each week, receive my Midlife Male newsletter, and are committed to making this next phase of life our best phase. If you have not yet downloaded my No BS Guide to Maximizing Midlife, where I break down the three principles to maximizing middle age and taking back some of that shit you've given up, head on over to midlifemail.com forward slash no BS guide. Guys are loving these three principles to maximizing middle age, and you can download your copy today at midlifemail.com forward slash no BS guide. All right, here we go. Greg Scheinman with you. It is another episode of the Midlife Mail Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me this week and every week. As I always tell you guys, it is because of you out there that this is all possible, that the Midlife Mail community continues to grow. If you like what you're hearing on the show, please give us that five-star rating. Please leave us a positive review and share the show with anyone and everyone you can, because although it is framed towards helping men maximize midlife, the topics, the subjects, the guests, the things that we are discussing out here are applicable for anyone at any age or any stage who is looking to improve their lives and looking to learn from just exceptional men who come on the program and join me each and every week. And this week is no exception. But before we get into that, a couple of things. We're getting close to the end of the year. Not sure when you're going to be listening to this show, but we are close to the end of 2022. So it is time to finish the year strong. It is time to be planning and prepping for 2023. If you need help, if you are looking to level up, to feel better, live longer, healthier, happier, get back some of those things that you have lost. If you're interested in my six Fs and turning those Fs into A's, family and fitness and finance and food and fashion and fun, head over to midlifemail.com. You can learn all about my coaching programs. You can download my free No BS Guide to Maximizing Middle Age. You can subscribe to the newsletter, have it dropped in your inbox every Sunday, as well as this podcast you're listening to right now. You can order a copy of my number one best-selling midlife mail book on Amazon. A lot of stuff there that you can check out, and you can always reach out to me, greg at midlifemail.com. I'm happy to set up a free 15-minute call with anybody out there who has questions, any way that I can possibly help you want to learn more. I'm always happy to do it, and you can do that at midlifemail.com as well. All right, joining me on the show this week, Justin Breen. This is a really interesting and quite frankly, challenging conversation um, at times because Justin's a super, super interesting, incredibly bright guy. He is the Wall Street Journal USA Today bestselling author of Epic Life. He's a visionary PR entrepreneur, a global connector, a strategic coach, 10X ambition program. Member of Abundance 360, he is an activator, a maximizer, and an achiever. He's really the connecting superhero for every visionary investment and abundance mindset entrepreneur 
who's looking to share their stories with the world. And he's very specific on who he works with. And he partners with the 0.1% because those are the ones that create the technologies, companies, and systems that benefit the other 99.9% of us out there. Let's get into it this week. Justin Breen, Brepic Media, author of Epic Life, How to Build Collaborative Global Companies While Putting Your Loved Ones First. Justin Brain, welcome to the show. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. And uh, we took a photo uh, holding up Athletic Greens. So I know we both start our day with that. And I mean, it's a good plug because it's a great, it's a great product. Yeah, I love, I love to see that. And I love kind of, again, you know, learning and understanding kind of, you know, what do guys do? You know, what's your routine? You know, what are you into? Walk me through that since you started there, you know, what is your morning routine? What does it look like? You know, it's a great question. Um, my my brain um, turns everything into patterns, um, and good patterns become good habits. So, um, like that's pretty much my whole life um, is talking to like the world's top visionaries uh, who have all these ideas, and then every now and then one's really great. And then in my strength finders, the top three are activate, maximize, achieve. So I'm like, Oh, that's a great idea. I'll activate, maximize, achieve that. And then, and then I'll talk to a lot of those folks that have let entrepreneur life destroy their family life or prevented them from having a family. And I'm like, well, that's a bad idea. I'm going to activate, maximize, achieve, not doing that. So my whole life is it's whole patterns of like in habits of doing things that won't destroy my family life or, you know, you know, make sure I have family first. So the first thing I do every day, every single day is a grateful journal to my wife. Um, what I'm grateful for, for her, the previous 24 hours. Um, if you think of the opposite personality as me, that would be my wife. She's warmth, empathy, rules. Uh, she's a pediatrician. So uh, kindness, includer, and then I'm full like visionary wackadoo entrepreneur. So that's the first thing I do every day. Um, and then six days a week, no matter the weather condition, uh, run outside. So we live in Chicago. So for past 20 years, run outside three to five miles. Um, so it's cold, hot, rainy, windy, whatever that is. Um, and then, uh, during those, those runs, um, I will listen to shows like these. So, you're, you know, positive motivational shows. So you're fueling your body and your mind. And then, you know, we talked about athletic greens, um, We'll have uh, that in the morning with water and then uh, a coffee as well. Nice. Um, you started also with fam, you know, family first in there. And I've got my six apps. And the first app for me is family also. You know, they go in order with family, family right. first, family and fitness, finance and food, fashion and fun. And guys have all their things. Those are my six. But the paramount, you know, you know, fundamental is that family is is always first. Talk to me a little bit about. You know, your your perspective on this. You know, before we hit the button and went online, we you know we're talking about guys that fall into the over-indexing trap, and whether that's <laughs> work, you know, and and again, putting the family on the back burner and these things. And we'll get into kind of the order of even your your books with Epic Business and then Epic Life. But you know, whenever I hear from somebody who also describes himself, you know, as a dad first, who happens to be an entrepreneur or family yes. first, and that's what I do. Um, Unfortunately, it's a bit of an outlier, man, you know, 
And, and, I, and I think we need more men putting things in that priority order. And as we work to help make midlife the next and best phase, guys are starting to come back around going, wait a minute, maybe I, I kind of had it backwards, you know, in there. And how do I reset and how do I reframe? Yeah, I mean, that, that's a good, that's good simplification. Um, and so most of my day is either spending time with uh, my uh, stabilizing human wife, thank God. And then our two, uh, very unstable, very wild, um, awesome kids who are eight and 10 in Colby world, K O L B E. They're both nine quick start to follow throughs. So that's true visionary entrepreneur. And then I have high quick start and high follow through, which is very, very rare. So see it, say it, do it, say it, do it immediately get it done. It's not handed off to 300 people. So, um, full results. And so most of my day is spending time with my family or talking to the world's top entrepreneurs. So not business owners, definitely not humans, not, not consultants, like full visionary entrepreneurs changing the world, not their, the fundamental difference. So I talk to one to two of those folks every single week that have let entrepreneur life destroy their family life and prevented them from, or prevented them from having a family. I'm like, well, that's, I mean, that's not a good idea. I'm not going to do that. So the new book, is about how to build collaborative global companies while putting your loved ones first. Oh, that's a good, I mean, that's a good idea. So, um, you know, and then Peter Diamandis, he's one of the top entrepreneurs in the world. He did the forward. I'm very grateful for that. Very grateful for that. Um, because this is a message. I mean, I think this is what people actually want. Uh, they don't know how to do it because, um, again, I simplify into patterns. Entrepreneurs, again, not consultants, not business owners, not not employee humans, entrepreneurs, visionary entrepreneurs, they're the most damaged people, the most damaged people with the best coping skills, most damaged, best coping skills. So entrepreneurs, I have not met one because my brain simplifies into patterns that has not overcome at least one of the following four things. Most are two or three, and then the really successful ones are usually all four. So here are the four things. This is what separates entrepreneurs from humans and everyone else. Four things are bankruptcy or potential bankruptcy, two, depression, three, the highest level of anxiety that you can imagine, and four, likely and or possible traumatic experiences as a child or young adult. So humans, consultants, business owners, those, those are excuses. Those are things that get in the way. Entrepreneurs, fuel. That's fuel. And then you know, those coping skills are used to create massive company, massive revenue, massive employee count. And many times, certainly not always, but many times those coping skills uh, completely bypass family or anything meaningful. So you have all this material stuff and there's no meaning behind it. So that's what I see over and over and over and over and over and over. Um, there certainly are exceptions, but it's um, like you said, many times it's not until 40s or 50s that you realize it. I've seen even many more times that they know that it's never realized at all, ever. Hmm. What drew you to this subject matter, hmm? to this pattern? Hmm. Well, I'm a visionary entrepreneur changing the world. And if you're not a litmus test for the people you serve, then then what are you? I mean, you're you're, uh, for lack of a better term, middle ages trying to help people in their middle ages. So you're a litmus test for the people you serve. So if you're if you're not a litmus test, so this is who I am. And so visionary entrepreneurs are usually aliens within their own family, community, and verticals. Nobody understands us except the top entrepreneurs on the planet. I just didn't know that. 
I was one of those people until I started first company five years ago with zero business background because I spent most of my life talking to people that had no idea what I was talking about. And I found people that, you know, actually understood what I was talking about. And so the formula for creating a successful global company is very simple. It's a very simple formula. Uh, and entrepreneurs are the ones that actually do it. So the formula is you see a problem, create solution to problem, problem solve successful global company. So we'll just take the book as an example. See a problem. You talk to one to two entrepreneurs every single week that have let entrepreneur life destroy their family life or prevented them from having a family. That's a problem. Create solution. Book. You know, it was Wall Street Journal, USA Today bestseller. Peter Diamandis wrote the forward. Very grateful. Number one overall on Amazon Kindle. Very grateful. Problem solved. Successful global company. So, and to your point, outliers, people people who think that with meaningful things first, they're they're aliens within the alien community. But I strongly feel that's what people actually want because I talk to them all the time that say, oh, you're doing things right. Or, hey, this is what I actually want. So that's why I wrote the book. Hmm. Does it have, you've referred to, you know, big global company, you know, a couple of times. Does it have to be big? Meaning like the character traits of visionary entrepreneurs. No. Does it have to be big? Yeah. So one of the chapters, so thank you. Talk to me is meaningless without an answer. Like I don't understand overthinkers, overfeelers. I'm full and strength finders activate, maximize, achieve. So one of the, one of the chapters in the book is be a small giant, be a small giant. So in terms of connecting people on a global level and getting people in news media, global level, I know like hot, top of the top, that's my zone of genius. If you ask me to tie my shoes or put on my kid's bike helmet, I can do it, but it's a nightmare for me. I don't know how to hold a pencil right. Very hard for me to do. I can do it, but it's hard. And so, but if you know one or two things that you're great at, you can be as big as you want. And so most, to your point earlier, business owners care about revenue, office space, employee count, material things, material big things. The things that I care about and true visionaries care about, meaningful things, time with family, loved ones, and then network uh, on a global level. Those are the only two things that I care about going big with, 10Xing. So I only ask myself two questions every single day. One, that, that questions that actually matter. One, did I have a good experience that day with my family? Two, did network grow on a global level? So every day the answer to those are yes. And what I found is everything else kind of takes care of it, care of itself. Mm. How do you find the visionary entrepreneurs that you speak with each day? So that's a great question. That's a great question. So again, into patterns. So um, it's the same formula. So I keep writing bigger checks to be in smaller rooms, but the people in those rooms are making bigger impacts. So two, the two groups I spend most of my time in uh, are Strategic Coach 10X and then Abundance 360 Summit. Um, those, are, those are 25K a year US dollars each to be in. I'd easily invest 50K a year because it's not only who's in the room, it's not who's not in the room. So so bigger checks, small room, people in those rooms are making bigger impacts. That allows me to spend biggest investment in smallest room, which is my family, most time where I can make the most impact. So it's the same, it's the same formula. And what has happened because um, your litmus test for the people you serve, if you're in rooms like that, you become someone like that. 
and then I don't, I haven't done anything outbound in years. Um, people like that now find me. Um, but most people don't have the courage to, you know, to start something like that and then figure out who you are and who you aren't They're because they're not visionary entrepreneurs They're And that's fine. Um, I just know I, I will do it. And then I'll figure out people that understand what I'm talking about and the ones that don't. Two follow-ups. One, because I know this comes up from people. Okay, Justin, I hear you. You want to be in these rooms. You're making a significant financial investment. It's 50K to be in, in these rooms, so on and so forth in there. One, where does the 50K come from? They're going to go, what does no, this guy no, do? No, 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 okay. no, 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 no. Visionary would never ask that. Nope. But let's say you're not. Well, I don't have those conversations. <laughs> so my so whole company means- is visionary who introducing each other. So this is my point. So here, here's, this is my point. Okay. So bigger investment, smaller room, bigger. So the first networking group I joined was $250, $250 a year. I'm still in that one. Cause I loyal, but no one in that room understood what I was talking about. Then it was $500 a year. Then it was a thousand. Then it was 2000. Then it was 5,000. Then it was 10,000. At the 10,000 level, some folks started to understand. And then the 25,000 level, most most of, and I can learn from most of those people, which I'd rather learn. I'd rather be the dumbest person in the room. Okay. So in, in that five, it was a $500 room. I had uh, lunch with, uh, uh, lunch with um, one of the folks in there. It was a nice lunch. And he goes, I have no idea. I have no idea what you're talking about. Uh, but the person who runs my company does. I'm happy to introduce you to him. I'm like, oh, okay, great. So that person, his name's Gary Claben. Uh, Gary uh, graduated first in his Army Rangers graduating class. He's most at peace when he's driving 200 miles an hour. He's a he's a genius. I mean, he's a genius. so we were talking. He's like, "Well, you're not 500 dollars a year group. You're 10,000 a year." I'm like, "Okay." So did the meeting and I just wrote the check. So there's no at the highest level there are no excuses, only investments. So people, that's what I mean. Most people make excuses. I just write the check. So. In five years as an entrepreneur, I think my firm, the PR firm's partnered with three billionaires, two billionaires, and then one, I think he's a billionaire. And then I think seven or eight that have been dirt broke, they just found a way to write the check. So there's not the highest level. There are no excuses. That Again, that's what separates entrepreneurs from everyone else. So people that ask that, they're just making excuses. So to, to that point, do you have to be an entrepreneur, or let's say you are a guy who's working at a company, working at a firm, wants to put his family first, earns a good living, everything else. Can he apply the same tactics um, as an entrepreneur? Maybe he doesn't want to run his own or whatever the reason is, or is this mutually exclusive again, visionary entrepreneur or not? So that's a great, that's a great follow-up. And thank you for asking that. I appreciate you asking that and doubling down on it. So no, you. So if everyone was like me, the world would be in. It would be a disaster. Thank God, most people. I mean, it would be a disaster. So, and my wife's the perfect example of this. Our first date was the day before she started medical school. Uh, so, if there's anything comparable to to entrepreneur world that's going through medical school, rotations, residency, you know, pediatrician, and. Um, uh, I would be the worst doctor of all time. She'd be the worst entrepreneur of all time. However, she applies the same principles to being a mom who happens to be a pediatrician. So absolutely, it can apply to anyone. My whole life, though, is spending time with my family and then 
the people that are the 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 first chapter of the book is the cream rises to the top. So it's only the people that will do whatever it takes to become, you know, those top people. Cause those are the ones that actually change the world and help everyone else. And then, so I help those people and that way I can change the world by helping them. Mm. Super, super interesting. Yeah. They are as it pertains to, you know, these like words like entrepreneur visionary, and then now we're seeing, quit your job, follow your passion. Like these things have picked up a lot of momentum. You know? <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. And they're scary. <laughs> right. And as you said, like, I, I believe this too, not everyone is cut out, you know, those people can't do it. Well, they right. can't overcome those four things. That's what that's, that's entrepreneurial. This is what, again, all I do is talk to top entrepreneurs. So one of my, one of my PR partners, this is, this is a typical, it's, 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 um, it's extreme, but it's typical. So he uh, he was born in Burma, not Myanmar, Burma. His grandfather was decapitated when he was a kid um, in front of him. Uh, then he went to Hong Kong with his dad uh, when, when he was 10 with like $10 in their pocket. They created two eight-figure businesses. And then he, he's the third, he hired my PR firm. He um, created an at-home robot for people with Alzheimer's and dementia, like dispenses pills and has like a drone on it because his mom has dementia. So that's a, that's an entrepreneur. That's not a business owner. That's an entrepreneur. And that's what I mean. So like most people can't, one of my, I mean, um, Mike Malatesta, what a great guy, what a great guy. So his, uh, his, uh, multiple huge exits, but his partner died in a fire and an explosion. And he, you know, he'd read the eulogy at the funeral. I mean, that's, that is entrepreneur life. I mean, that's what it, that's what it is. So most people can't handle everything that I've overcome. It's really nothing compared to most of the folks that I talk to. I mean, they're, again, they're the most damaged people with the best coping skills, the most damaged. So most people don't have those coping skills. They don't have the the IQ or the the EQ, the ability to create a massive company. So that's fine if you don't. I just talk to the people that that do. Regarding that top entrepreneurs, and you say that they do, you talk to them that they, they do. Before they've become top entrepreneurs, I'm curious about how many times, again, they've either tried or failed or, you know, t- that idea no of execution. Right. Or no maybe... Yeah, They're not no all one for one, I guess, is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's a good one. Okay, so uh, again, litmus test for the people you serve. So my first company started with zero business background after um, after jo- I was a journalist for 20 years and created an entire first company based on how PR firms annoyed me for 20 years. So I actually don't know what PR firms do other than annoy journalists, um, see a problem, create solution, problem solve, successful global company. Same formula. And so uh, job salary was cut as a journalist, couldn't find a job, incorporated with zero business background, uh, and then uh, reached out to 5,000 people to find first five clients, 5,000. So one out of a thousand, one out of it. So most people can't, they can't do that. That's, but that was just, and then got, while I was working full time at half the salary, um, and then uh, got fifth client, resigned the next day. And then at the time, he's retired now, which is interesting, but. Robert Feeder was the top media columnist in the Midwest. He did a story. I'd started my own firm. So that was February 10th, 2017 to um, uh, June 5th, 2017. So that was just to get the first company started. Most people can't. They give up after five 
they don't they don't keep going. There's no way. So that wasn't too long ago, 20, 2017. Now, when you talk about PR and PR annoying journalists, like problem, solution, so on and so forth, what, what makes you different? Like, what was your, your breakthrough or what was your big differentiator to say, okay, I'm going to do this differently? Right. Well, it's the same. So everyone, visionaries, all they, all they do is they see a problem, a loophole, they create a solution, they solve it, they actually, they do it. And then successful global companies, the same formula. So, and at the highest level, there is no competition, only collaboration. So people are like, oh, you're in the PR space. It's competitive. I go, I haven't done anything outbound in years. I just connect top visionary to visionary. And then they connect me to top visionary. And some of them want to hire my PR firm. So I don't, I don't do anything outbound. And then again, no competition, only collaboration. My company's entire process is on the website. There's no tricks. I have, I've never seen any PR firm ever have their process on the website ever. So my, my firm, it's right there. Uh, we create stories similar to what you'd see in the New York Times or whatever. It becomes a link on the client's website. Um, take that link, pitch to media all over the world. Media is immediately interested. You put them in touch with the client. So it immediately solves the problem. So for any, any size company, any location, any vertical, that's meaningless. It just solves the problem. So it's a lot of fun. I just only partner with visionaries because they're the only ones that actually change the world. Hmm. Do you have, or, or talk to me about your limits and your boundaries in terms of, again, <laughs> family, for, you know, family first. How many, you know, have we set it up in terms of how many clients I take, how many hours did it, you know, in uh -huh. order to, again, uh -huh. keep my priorities in order? That's, that's a fair question. I, my brain doesn't. So I, I appreciate that question. So I was a journalist for 20 years. Um, I have, it's, that's a business owner question. I don't, I never think about that stuff. So you don't get into journalism for office space, employee count. Like, I don't care about any of that stuff. I never did. Actually, it was a good, I'm glad because I wasn't damaged by business school or, you know, material things. I don't care about that. Um, and so I'm entirely in my zone of genius at all times, meaning the purpose of my life is to be a connecting superhero for every visionary abundance, investment mindset, entrepreneur, not business owner, not consultant entrepreneur and share their stories with the world, the not there. It's a fundamental, fundamental difference. So, I mean, I work zero hours a week. None of this has worked for me at all. Um, it's endlessly fun for me. Um, it's, it's not work. Um, and then connecting people like that is, and it's not hard. It's, it's easy. So there's really no limits to that. And then there's plenty of folks on my firm's team that can help with that as well. Understood. Do you then though, because none of it feels like work and material is not important. How do you quantify it? Or do you, or do you yes, even so care about quantifying it? No, no, that's what, no. Again, the only 10, the only 10 X things that I, the only 10 X things that I care about experience in life with my family and then global network. All this other stuff is taking care of itself. So again, that's the message I strong. So I, <laughs> I was talking to this guy yesterday, multi-gajillionaire, multi-gajillionaire. And uh, all he was, I, I've never met this person before in my life. And he was talking to me about how much he regretted getting divorced when he was, uh, uh, when his kids were eight and five, they're older now. Um, and how he missed out on their childhood. So. I mean, I appreciate your questions, but I never think about that stuff ever. 
how do you find your, your zone of genius and stay in your zone of genius if you don't even know what your zone of genius is? Okay. Thank you. So one, this is why I wrote these books because people don't know how to do that. Um, um, so, and then I just want the, I just want the answer. And then, you know, one of the chapters in the second book is the process is the shortcut. So literally it's 30 short, shortcut, 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 shortcut. So, um, one way to do it is write down 30 things that you, 30 things that you do every day and then cross out 27, circle three that, that you really like to do. And I'm guessing financially viable and then, you know, then there's just three things and then you make a sentence or two out of it. Um, again, business owners, they don't, they don't think like this. Like true entrepreneurs, they they would just do it, or they'd ha- they'd hire a big team to enable them to spend time in their their zone of genius. Once again, they establish what it is, or they've already known, or they've always known, right? Well, that's a good point. I would say most folks don't always know. Um, I think what separates entrepreneurs is they will do whatever it takes to find that out, and then once they find that out, they'll do whatever it takes to make sure they stay in that. Is that a little bit of a difference or similarity in a way to like why and how, you know, like there's a lot on finding your why. And then there's a lot of white space between finding and knowing your why and how, you know, you actually get it done. Now, in terms of simplification, it's like, okay, visionary entrepreneurs will find a way they'll figure it out. They get it done. Boom. That's a big differentiator from, again, the masses, which is why most people are not visionary entrepreneurs. Right. And, and there's a big disconnect in understanding how visionary entrepreneurs operate. And right. Execute. right. Hmm. Yeah. See, well, is it I an mean, order? You know, <clears throat> so most of my conversations, they've certainly starting the company, the first one, were one-way conversations because no one understood what I was talking about. And then they'd ask the same question five different ways because it was like, they don't... So visionary entrepreneur, oh, <laughs> we we never talk about business owner stuff. We just talk about purpose, changing the world, really simplifying things. It's really, it's fun. It's endlessly fun. And, um, and you know, when it's very hard at first, it's very hard at first um, when you're talking to someone and they don't understand what you're talking about. But um, because again, visionary entrepreneurs are usually aliens within their own family, community, and vertical. The only people who understand us are top entrepreneurs on the planet. So, but if you're a visionary entrepreneur, you're going to do whatever it takes to to find those people, or or embrace the fact that you're you're an alien and. And, uh, you know, school as a whole, there are exceptions and certainly higher education as a whole, there are exceptions. It's, you know, the opposite of entrepreneur. It's the opposite of that. Um, so you're trained from a young age that um, do not embrace your uniqueness. Um, see, being an entrepreneur, you almost have to unlearn what you were learned most of your life. Um, so that's what I see from top entrepreneurs. They were just like oddballs outliers. I feel like I'm an outlier, even among outliers for sure, but I'm okay being that person because outliers are the ones that change the world and it helps everyone else. You approach this with your kids. 
Great question because we don't, <laughs> that's a good one. <clears throat> so again, in Colby world, KOLB, the only thing I write down before I meet someone is their name and their Colby score. <clears throat> There's it's an A index, 55 US dollars takes 20 minutes. Uh, it's not your personality. I don't care what someone's personality is. I want to know if they're going to actually do something. So most visionaries, are very high quick start, boom, 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 boom. And then little to no follow through. So they're all over the place. Uh, ADHD, ADD, diagnosed or undiagnosed. It's not a disorder, sign of genius, but it's misdiagnosed by humans. And so both of our sons are nine quick starts, which is 10 is the highest. And then two follow through, one is the lowest. So they're boom, 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 idea, 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 idea. And so we talk about Colby. We talk about simplifier versus multiplier. We talk about all the freedom uh, that I have and the other folks that um, that I hang out with have because they they have this entrepreneur life. Uh, in Abundance 360, most people care about revenue. I don't. But in Abundance 360, at the level I'm at, the overwhelming majority of the folks are running uh, $10 million to $10 billion companies. And if I'm not in a room with people like that, I get bored. So my sons sit in on those Zoom chats during those things. So these are the people building flying cars, uh, technology, medical technology that allows. Oh, the Athletic Greens, uh, <clears throat> Sinclair, he's in that. Um, so he's. I heard about Athletic Greens on his show. Um, so he's in Abundance 360. He's developing technology that will allow humans to live for 200, 300 years. So my sons sit in on that with me. And that's the greatest gift by far. There's not even a close second. Um, the greatest gift by far being an entrepreneur, because most people don't know this world even exists, but my kids get to see this at ages. Well, they've seen it since age three and four. Um, and then they can do whatever they want with it. But that's the greatest gift by far. The Midlife Mail podcast would not be possible without the support of some incredible brand partners. I only recommend brands I use, believe in, and trust. And each brand was handpicked by me for a specific reason. I believe in these guys, not just because they're great companies with great people behind them, but because the stuff works. I use these to stay at my peak and I suggest you do too. So go over to midlifemail.com and click on special offers for exclusive Midlife Mail discounts and promotions. Let's talk about the, the book a little bit. Epic Business in there. You started with Epic Business. What is Epic? Mm -hmm. <laughs> what, what is Epic to you? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's always funny to me. <clears throat> um, you know, these companies spend millions of dollars on branding and names. And, and that's fine, by the way. But um, so as a journalist, um, like I would just try to get the word epic in headlines and stories, like every single story, no matter what, and then constantly would say epic. So um, six days after a uh, job, or excuse me, six days after my 40th birthday, <clears throat> my wife surprised me with a trip to uh, Kohler, Wisconsin, really nice five-star resort up there. Uh, this is after my job salary was cut in half and I couldn't find a job. And so on the way up there, I'm like, oh, I'll just... I'll just call, uh, I'll just start a company call it Brepic because the first two letters of my last name are BR. And then I just like, I like saying the word Epic. So incorporated a couple days later, I didn't even know, <clears throat> I didn't even know how to incorporate. Uh, I didn't know, even know you had to do that, but I did. And then, um, and then, uh, so now there's uh, Brepic, there's Brepic Network, which is a 
exclusive invite only connectivity platform. There's Prepic scholarships. There's Prepic youth baseball teams. Uh, <laughs> there's Epic business, Epic life. It's, I just think it's kind of funny. Um, like, I just think it's kind of funny. You can just make up something like that and then, you know, do all these fun things with it. The naming aspect is an interesting thing <laughs> that you talk about. I was at an event with, um, with a guy named Tim Parr, who's the mm. founder and CEO of Caddis, which are the glasses that I'm wearing right now. Mm. And he was, the problem he was trying to solve was that readers were uncool. The only place he got older, needed readers. The only See place- a problem was- creates, a, it's the same formula. Yeah. And, and, and people kept keying on like where the name Caddis came from, you know, and where the, you know, the name on the, <laughs> he's like, I don't give a shit. It's, his whole thing was like, I uh, saw like a Caddis fly and I named it after a Caddis fly. <laughs> you know, and it doesn't fucking matter. You know, I basically. love that guy. That's a and that's a vision. <laughs> that is not a business owner. See, it's <laughs> total visionary. It was exactly it was exactly right. that. He's like, I go into the private equity meeting and the other stuff. I'm like, talk to me like I'm a golden retriever. Like, I have no idea what you guys are talking about. Right. Because he's on the visionary tip. And again, name, website, doing all these like doesn't fucking it's mean hilarious. Anything. It's hilarious. So um, I don't know if he has children. If he does, please tell me. But so my wife he does. He does. Okay. So, um, this actually, I think is a good, this is a good point for your show and the message. So, and we can talk about this a little more if you want. So my dad was 61 when I was born 61, mm-hmm. he'd be a hundred and, uh, 102 if he was alive. So I, I have like this old, uh, I, I should be like 80, let's say 80. So I have like this old wisdom, 45 year old body with the childlike mindset, maybe of a five-year-old. Um, this person you were talking about, he's he's regressing mindset wise in a good way. The really successful entrepreneurs, usually they're like little kids. So my wife is like, I have three sons, our two sons and me, like because I'm like a child. But it's hilarious. It's so I don't take things seriously. That's why, like when you're asking about like client numbers and stuff, like I don't I just don't care about any of that stuff. I just like I think it's funny that there's a Brepic T-ball team. <laughs> that's hilarious. I mean, like you can actually, that's why like, like living in the U S and other countries that like embrace this, it's hilarious. You can just create something, uh, in a, you know, uh, a virtual world in some capacity. And then you can like my partner for second company, he's in San Francisco. I'm in Chicago. We've met two times in person. We created an invite only connectivity platform. It's, it's amazing. And if people with the right mindset, that childlike mindset, the creative mindset, there's endless opportunities. And so I just talked to people. What was the person's name again? Caddis? Uh, Tim. Tim Parr. Tim Parr. Okay. Yeah. So like I just talked to Tim Parr's all day and then I just, I'd like to connect Tim Parr's to Tim Parr's. It's endlessly fascinating. Mm. Invite only. Be the buyer. Yeah. Be the buyer. That's what I mean. There's no, there's nothing outbound. So you only partner with people that you're a litmus test for. So it eliminates competition. So I like, I like this again, conceptually also. And now, and I'm starting to combine it and piece it together with kind of like childlike youthful exuberance (laughs) operating that way. Like, I think just, it's just funny. We have a T-ball team, like whatever. Then I do an invite only thing. Who are you looking for? Mm -hmm. So at this point, I appreciate you asking that. So, um, Again, I'll, I'll I'll say how the pattern has has worked and what it's led to. But the purpose of my life: connecting superhero for every visionary, abundance, investment mindset, entrepreneur, and share their stories with the world. So only visionaries, only folks that live in abundance, and only 
people that look at things as investments, not costs. So if someone says, what do you cost or charge? I'll never talk to that person again, because that's a business owner. That's a, that's a, that's a landing the plane transactional person. Those people don't change the world. They, um, and then changing the world, people do not want to be introduced. Okay. So what I've seen from start, when you start a business, there's a four step process that I've seen that what I've seen from what, what happens from like business owners transforming into um, transforming into visionary entrepreneurs. Cause like you said before, you don't necessarily know you are this person. You have to find out how did you learn? Right. So there's a four step thing that I've learned starting company uh, get to get full get to get. So I reached out to 5,000 people to get first five clients. That's fine. A lot of, a lot of people stay there. They stay in that get to get mentality their whole lives. If you'd like to stay at a uh, 0.1% success rate, Go for it, stay it, get to get your whole life. Then there's get to give. You're giving a little bit, but you're mostly getting. You're mostly getting still. Um, then there's, and most people definitely stay at that. Then there's give to get. Um, you're giving, but you're still trying to get back a little. You're still trying to get. And then that's 99.9% of the, the, that's where almost everyone stops. Then there's the visionary entrepreneur level. There's give to give, give to give, but only to the people who get it. So I will endlessly give, endlessly give, but it's only to the people who get it because if you give to someone who doesn't get it, they're not going to know what to do with it. And if you introduce someone who doesn't get it to someone who does, that is not a good idea. You will annoy them because they don't get it. And what I've seen to answer your earlier question is like, there's nothing outbound anymore because I just give to give to the people who get it. And then they just will gladly give to me. So people actually find, they actually find me now. But it took that four-step journey, that four-step journey. Uh, how long, think, if you want, how, about how long did that journey take? Okay. So that's a good question. Um, this is why I wrote the first book, because people are like, how did you build a global company with zero business background? So one of the chapters in that book <laughs> is when you start a company, it takes two full years to figure it out. Now, I will say this. Most people have said it actually takes longer than that. But starting a, a business, uh, knock on wood, the first company has always been very profitable. Um, but when you start, it's not going to take six months, a year, not a year and a half, two full years, two full years, um, at least, at least. If, okay, now I was making some notes. If you put together a business plan, which doesn't sound like you've done. I've never that, done that. And I never thing. will do that ever. But got it. Okay, great. Point one, great point. Two, I've never seen a business plan that shows that any business is going to fail. We're going to give you money and I'll give you money. We're going to go into business and two or three years later, we're going to be out. They all show these big projections and everything else. I never look at those ever. Right. The most real statement you made is that starting a business takes two full years to figure it out. So on the receiving end, somebody either gets that or they don't get that. Is, is it that simple? Meaning like, don't show me all of this other shit that you said I'll never <laughs> even look at. It's either it's do I like your idea and do I think that that is actually going to work? Is, is that it? That's a great question. Um, so there's 34 string finders, 34. Gallup, G-A-L-L-U-P. So most of the folks I talk to are high in ideation and futuristic. So they're idea, 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 idea. And then, um, and but combined with activator, maximizer, achiever. So they're off in idea land, but they'll do something about it now. Because if you're 
in ideal land, you don't do anything about it. I, that's a pointless conversation. And that's torture for you, by the way. So I am almost dead last in ideation and very low in futuristic. However, if I hear a good idea, my top three are activate, maximize, achieve. So I'll hear blah, 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 blah. And then, oh, ding. And then activate, maximize, achieve. So action is all that matters. It's all that matters to me, action and results. So I'll simplify for all these ideators. And because they are, want to change the world, they'll write the check to do that and get connected to the right people. And then I will immediately simplify their message and then immediately connect them for media opportunities, investor opportunities, whatever whatever that is. So I to answer your question, ideas to me are completely meaningless unless you take action and do something about it. So Understood. But, and you're not the idea generator, okay? but you are the guy who knows what a good idea is, and then it triggers you to go do it. Okay. Correct. And I will hear 50 to hear. So so the second book, it took, this is a perfect example of this. It took 16 days to write the second book. It was very easy. Like it's not hard because it's in zone of genius. Most people takes them their whole life to write it for me. But it took two years to get the ideas because none of the ideas, uh, none of the ideas came from me. None of them. No, none of them did. So it took two years. There's 30 chapters. So one a month from an ideator. I'm like, oh, that's a great idea. And then I'll know immediately and then activate, maximize, achieve into my life and company. So it took two years for the ideators to <laughs> come up with enough good ones. Uh, but I'm endlessly grateful for those people because they're the ones that will, they'll do it. They'll change the world. And then I can simplify and then activate it into my life. To get to 30, okay. <laughs> now I have a couple of follow-up questions to this. Of course if you you're high follow-through. You're high yeah. follow-through. So if you got to 30, okay, that made it in, 30 transformational ideas that you gathered from some of the world's top business leaders, so on and so okay. How many mm-hmm, were, were screened and deemed like not good ideas in there? And then I'd love to know if, I mean, if you pinpointed this or know it all, why are you so good at figuring out which the idea is? are good, which ideas are good and that you want to activate, maximize, simplify all that. So you're a deep thinker and you're, I'm guessing you are very low in ideation also, and you are very grateful for ideators. And that's a, uh, people used to think that being low in ideation was a deficit. I think it's actually a strength because I just want the answer. Uh, and then when I have the answer, I'll actually do something about it. I have stopped questioning how my brain works. I stopped doing that a long time ago. Um, I just know my brain knows immediately if it's a good idea. Um, And again, because I married a human who taught me how to say thank you and is the kindest, nicest person ever. um, And that's why the first thing I do every day is a grateful journal to her, because without her, it's a, it's a bad situation. It's a bad situation. And I, I realize I'm, and again, all I would need to hear is one time I would talk to someone who's let entrepreneur life destroy their family life. When you talk to one to two people like that every single week that have done that and they have all this stuff and they don't have anything, I, I mean, I only would have needed to hear that once. But I know because, because I have high quick start and high follow through in Colby, which is very rare. Most people I talk to have high quick start and low follow through. So they're all over the place and I'm ultra focused that I just know, I know when it's talk, 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 I, and my EQ is very high. I, I have very high IQ. That's genetic. And I can talk about my parents. If you, I mean, 
I probably should talk about my parents after this, but like, I just know. So again, the only people that really understand what I'm talking about are top entrepreneurs. Most people are very, they're very confused because their brains don't work. They don't, they don't work like this. They don't think on a global level. They don't, they don't want to change the world. They're trying to change their world and they can't, they would never even think about doing something like this, let alone do it. I just talk to the people that are doing it and they'll do it. Difference between now, I'm curious, and I, I want you to talk about your parents now because we can transition there because now I'm also intrigued with, with that. Um, I challenge a little bit and I feel like I have a lot of ideas. Mm-hmm. And the question is which ones and opportunities and possible and which ones to choose, again, determine which ones are the good ones that you want to activate and that you want to maximize and, and go forward with. Mm-hmm. And, and it changed. And, and at least for me personally, I'll say it's kind of changed. I've done small entrepreneurship, midsize entrepreneurship. And then lastly was large, you know, scale entrepreneur. Now I'm back here in my room as kind of a solopreneur mm-hmm, for the first time in my life, approaching 50, mm-hmm, being able to do what I want, when I want, however I want. And it's like, okay, write a book. Fine. Wrote a book, have 200 conversations with men. Okay. Coaching men at different areas. I got to this point now, or I'm at this point, I think the mission is bigger. Mm-hmm. I think the mission is bigger to your point about global. Mm-hmm. Can help 10 men, work with them one-on-one, so on and so forth, do that. But what if the Everest was a million men? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 10 sounds boring. Right. Okay. Now, I guess it to each his own. You can make a plan, you know, and there say, look, you can coach 10 men, X number of dollars a month, if you will, do this, yeah. impact their lives, blah, 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 blah. But what if the mission was global? What was the mission is bigger? There's 53 million midwife men in the, in the, in the country alone. Mm-hmm. You know, 80% of them are not financially where they want to be. 70% of them are not physically where they want to be. You know, they're over-indexed at work. They're not putting their families first. What if we could help millions of them? In there, seems like a more abundant mindset. Seems like a more. I'm sorry. There's no seeming at all. That's the obvious. Yeah. So my point is like, I just, that. Why wouldn't you do that? I don't. Most people <laughs> wouldn't. Like I, I would have immediately. So like, uh, uh, I name my years. Right. Name my years. That's a good exercise. Joe Martin, good friend, PR partner. He's like, oh, name your years. I'm like, that's a good idea. I'll do that. So, 2020 was global growth every day. Global growth goes so partners around the world, top entrepreneurial groups in the world. And then 2021 was no limits. So every day, no limits. When you have no limits, there are no limits. This year, 2022 is Epic Life. Okay. So, hey, Epic Life every day. It's a book, name of the book, Epic Life. Uh, I didn't know that was going to be the name of it, but it was the name of the year. So, and then 2023 is Net Works, Net Works. So that's going to be fun because new company is Epic Network creating a network. So networks, that's a good one. So that'll be exciting. And again, good habits become, or good patterns become good habits. But so global growth, I mean, again, if you solve the problem, then it doesn't matter where the, that's meaningless. It doesn't matter where they're located or what they do. Or, I mean, so like, I guess to quantify it without quantifying it, my firms maybe partner with 0.1% of the population, maybe. So most people live in scarcity. They're like, that's a small number. I go, well, you don't live in abundance. So if there's 8 billion people, 0.1%, 8 million. So 8 million is a lot. And 8 million is what actually creates everything for everyone else. So I just like- Solve the problem. And then like, solve the problem. If you solve the problem, 
you're successful. You have to do it. Yeah. So you have to reach out to 5,000 people to, so mm. to solve the problem. Most people can't do it. I was talking to um, my, uh, both of my sons are really good soccer players. And I was talking to um, one of the teammates of my eight-year-old. This was last year. And uh, he was complaining about practice. And I'm like, well, what do you, I, I don't like, I don't have tolerance for that, but and uh, so I was talking to him. I go, oh, hey, you know, when I started my first company, guess how many people I reached out to to find my first five clients? Because these are the conversations I have with my kids. So sometimes that doesn't translate over to, to other kids. But but I tried. And uh, he's like, oh, 50? <laughs> I go, 50. And I go, 5,000. And his mouth cartoon dropped. It was like a cartoon drop. And I'm like, so that's the reaction of most humans. 5,000. They can't. Mm-hmm. They're not. Yeah. So, so that's a pointless conversation for me, whether it's a seven-year-old or a 50-year-old, it doesn't matter. I mean, if someone doesn't understand it and they're not going to do anything, then that's a pointless conversation. And that takes time away from me and my family, which it all comes back to people that don't waste my time, allow me to spend time with my family, which is most important to me. Mm. Good transition into, I think, epic life from epic business into, to epic life. Mm-hmm. You went in that order, or did you not purposely, let's say, go in that order, or epic <laughs> business led to epic life? And you're like, wait a minute, like, where, where do I start, or how do those two tie together? You know, you started with the book Epic Business, and now you've got Epic Life. Mm-hmm. Thank you. The uh, um, so I was on a show like this, <clears throat> and one of my friends, PR partner, his name is Bill Bloom. He's an eight quick start, tens the high, so he's he's a visionary. He's very high. He's one and futuristic. He's a full visioner. And uh, I was like, oh, I have no idea what I'm going to name the title of my book. He's like, well, how about Epic Life? I'm like, oh, that's a good idea. <laughs> so I, even the title for my book, <laughs> I didn't come up with that, but that's good. I knew that was a good idea because like what you just said, that's a good transition. I just needed an ideator to point that out for me. Um, but yeah, I, I'll be curious to see what the because I'm already working on the the ideas for the well, I'm not working on them, but the ideators have provided me ideas with uh uh ideas for the third book. I'll be curious to see what that one is called, but that's a couple of years down the road. You think ideas are proprietary or people hold back their ideas? Or are those the ones that don't get it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, a visionary would never hold. I mean, that would they would. Yeah, because the people I talk to, they're endless ideators. Endless. Yeah. It's is it it's almost too many idea or it's constant ideation? Hmm? It's endless shiny object. Yeah, it's ADD diagnosed or undiagnosed. Yep. And then what they really need is they need somebody to help them say that's the good idea. Now we have to actually focus on it and activate and maximize right. that idea. Yeah, hmm? exactly. Yeah. Then you get to move on. To the, to the next ones, I guess, right. you know, is yeah, that to the next one? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. How many conversations do you start that end extremely quickly? Very few anymore. Over uh, time. Uh, Cause I sense you've gotten to a place where it's like, Hey, if this isn't my thing or they don't get it, like I'm on, as you said, I'm back to my family, you know, kind of, um, very, so very, again, this is actually <laughs> that I did talk about that in the first book a lot. Um, 
um, the conversations that, because again, get to get, get to get, I was still talking to get to get and get to give folks in the first two years and even the first three. Now it's almost always give to give, but only to the people who get it. And then they're high, quick start, low follow through. So I, I mean, I know they're visionaries and then they introduced me to other, you know, so there's no, I mean, I can't recall the last time I'll never hang up on someone. Um, but people actually hang up on me. I mean, but that hasn't happened. And so we're in what November <clears throat> to date this we're in November 22. I think that's happened twice this year where they're like, Oh, I have to go. But one of the chapters in the, the new book is be the buyer. And this happened a couple years ago. Um, the, uh, <laughs> I strongly recommend getting the book, but, but, uh, it, uh, the guy, uh, he's a hall of fame athlete. Um, he's one of the top, uh, athletes in Chicago sports history. Um, I can't say his name because that would be bad, but he was incredulous. He was incredulous of, of how I was talking and he, he did hang up because he's like, wait, people invest in your company and they've never met you before. I go, yeah, it happens all the time. And he was a full he was just a, you know, he was the opposite of the people that I talk to usually. And I, in fact, I told the person who introduced us, I go, I appreciate the intro, but next time it has to be the exact opposite type of person. <laughs> but that was the, that was the last time it was like a really, truly bizarre exchange. Um, not, he'd not a visionary, definitely not a visionary, the opposite entitled visionaries are not entitled. The mm. opposite of that. What's a question that you, is there one like, you know, like, Hey, I do a lot of these things now, or I talk and I try to, and I'm, and I'm putting kind of tolerating certain things or put it as much as I possibly can. What's a question that you're like, nobody's ever asked me that, you know, or I keep wanting, like, I feel like somebody should get it or ask me and they, it just never gets there. Mm -hmm. I appreciate that question because, um, you know, I've interviewed thousands and thousands of people as a journalist and then having, you know, global PR from interviewing people. So the only two questions I ever, ever prepare for are who are your parents or grandparents? Because if you know where you come from, then you know where you are and you know where you're going. Most people don't know where they come from, so they don't know where they are and they don't know where they're going. So it starts with where you come from. And then I always end every interview with, um, is there something else you'd like to ask? Is there something that would be good for this story? Uh, is there anything I'm missing? Cause sometimes like people wanted to say something, um, mm. but they were never presented with the opportunity. Yeah. Um, so I appreciate that question and I'm always trying to learn. I've just, I mean, I, I don't know, like I'm so direct and like my wife's a hundred percent gray and I'm a hundred percent black and white. So like, I'm really like very self-aware of who I am and, and who I'm not. Um, I'm really trying to think about this and I appreciate you asking it. If there's something, I mean, I used to wonder why there weren't, weren't more people like this, but the world was not meant for people like me. It wasn't, it was designed for, there's a, I was talking to one of my uh, visionary friends. Um, he's an eight quick start. Again, 10's the highest. And uh, <clears throat> he was like, uh, 
you know, the overwhelming majority of people are sheep and then entrepreneurs are sheepdogs. I'm like, oh, that's an interesting, that'll be a chapter in the third book, Sheep and Sheepdogs. So I looked it up because I'm a high fact finder. There was a Science Daily article, uh, 2006 article about there's two primary roles of sheepdogs. So most humans, most people are sheep. That's fine. Sheepdogs. So there's only two scientific roles for sheepdogs. One is to keep the sheep in line and two, push the sheep forward. So that's the, that's a visionary. Keep the sheep in line, push them forward. Keep. So I just talked to sheepdogs and then sheepdog going into a sheep world. It's, it's a, it's a, it's weird. It's a weird cause it's, you're not sheep, you're a sheepdog. And then I, what I will say is that sheepdogs usually do marry sheep though. I've noticed that usually sheepdogs marry stabilizing humans which thank God for that, by the way. Thank God. You mentioned at the tail end of another question as we were talking about, oh, my parents, I should probably talk about my parents. <laughs> you got to follow through. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. What about your parents? Do you want to talk about? Mm-hmm. Well, so my father was a World War II hero. He was shot down multiple times in combat, many times without a parachute and got back in the plane. So if you're a visionary, you'll get back in the plane without a parachute. That's my litmus test. He died when I was 13 and uh, will never, I know what it's like not to have a dad around. So I'll never be someone that lets entrepreneur life just because I I just know what it's like. And then every day while, while uh, he was alive and his older later years, um, he said the cream rises to the top. So that's it. I mean, you're either someone that will do whatever it takes or you're not. Most people aren't. And then my mom was 27 when I was born, 34 year difference. In his late fifties, my dad was hit by a drunk driver. Uh, Drunk driver killed instantly. Dad broke every bone in his body, survived. And then my mom was his nurse. So that's how they met. Um, And uh, my mom, uh, most of my days talking to the world's top entrepreneurs. uh, I still haven't met one that has more hustle EQ than my mom. So here I am. I'm just the result of that. Um, and then, uh, my wife, uh, most wonderful woman ever. And our, so my, our sons have her, all her great things. And then they have my full go for it. We'll get into a plane without a parachute. They haven't done that, but they, they would do that. <laughs> they would definitely do. They would do that. We're already talking about going skydiving. Uh, so that'll be fun. We talked about your morning routine when we first got on, because you held up your bag of athletic greens. We talked about <laughs> That was for you, man. That was for Thank you. Hey, I appreciate I appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> In there. And I think the Athletic Greens people are going to appreciate well, it too. It's, so. a, it's a great company. So Ab- absolutely absolutely. So you talked about the morning on there um, and your routine. What does the rest of your day look like? Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's all in the zone of genius. Uh connecting superhero for a visionary abundance investment mindset entrepreneur and share their stories with the world. So um, again, like first thing I do is a grateful journal to my wife, then run outside. Um, And then it's, you know, every Monday through Friday, it's about, you know, five to 10 conversations like this, whether they're recorded or not. I mean, the only difference between this and other conversations I have is just that you hit the record button and then it's broadcast out. But so do a lot of media for the book because you're a litmus test for the people you serve. And then host, I did not expect this, but this is how you learn. Hosts want to interview me first, then they want to interview all my PR partners. I never expected that. Um, and then it's just connecting, 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 connecting. And then every Monday through Friday, again, good patterns become good habits. I do a grateful journal on LinkedIn 
I'll include that in this. Um, what you're grateful for, it's like a commercial for other people. So send me that the photo with the athletic greens. I'll put that in there. But um, what I found is to simplify all that is when you're constantly grateful, it's hard to be ungrateful. It's very mm. hard. Yeah. I like that. Ab- absolutely. This has been fascinating to me. I'm going to go. been over is- 45 minutes. Yeah. Well, one, it's been fascinating for me. And I'm going to tell you, like, this has been challenging for me. You know, you got on, you know, like, hey, I come in unprepared. You know, this is where we're going to go. I'll be on. I come in to a certain extent, like, unprepared. Like, I want to see where the conversation goes, try to really listen and try to really follow up. This has really been fascinating for me on, on a number of levels. Justin, where do people find find you or find the books or, or if you don't even want to be found, you know, but what do you want them to get you know, uh, from you? Like, Hey, if you don't think this way, like, don't come find me. Oh, but still definitely. Find book, if you don't, you know? no, 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 no. So thank you. Like if, if someone doesn't think this way, they tune out a long time ago, but then other people <laughs> are like, Oh, well, no, I mean, that's fine. But the, um, I mean, thank you. Uh, the books, the new one's called Epic Life. So, um, and it's everywhere in the world. So I'm very grateful for that. Awesome. Well, Justin Green, thank you so much. He is the author of the international bestseller, Epic Business. You can see it right behind him. And he's back, okay, with the bestseller, Epic Life. This has been a fascinating, intriguing, and eye-opening conversation. I'm going to be looking into a number of the things you talked about um, and see see what I can learn there. So thank you so much for joining me on the Midlife Mail podcast this week. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. All right, guys, if you like what you heard on the podcast, please do me a favor. Give us that five-star rating. Leave us that positive review. Share the show with your friends and keep the midlife male movement growing. Until next week, I am out of here. Take care. If you're interested in coaching and taking this conversation deeper so that you can achieve your personal and professional goals, be sure to head over to midlifemail.com and check out the Work With Me page to explore options.